Welcome to the Innovate for Impact podcast. This podcast is for leaders in the social sector like you who want to make a difference. Each episode is packed with practical ideas on how you can be more innovative and create an even bigger social impact. We share our ideas on what you can do and also speak to leaders from the sector to share best practice. So let's get into it and let's talk impact. Hey, welcome back to the Innovate for Impact podcast. Dan Bentley here, and as always, joined by the lovely Tracy Newman. Uh, but today we've got a very special guest. We've got David Sexton, the CEO of WeFlex, joining us. David, welcome to the show. Great to be with you, both Dan and Tracy. It's a real pleasure. Thanks so much for having yeah, me. Likewise. David, just want to tell people, just in case people don't know who you are or who WeFlex are, who are you and what do you do? don't think many people would know who I am. I'm certainly not that famous. And hopefully they're going to know about WeFlex. If not already, they will down the track, that's for sure. So I'm a father uh, of three daughters, a husband, have a career that is very mixed and diverse in terms of the industries I've worked in and the sort of roles that I've worked in over the years. But most recently, and maybe most relevant to this podcast, I was CEO of Variety, the children's charity in New South Wales and ACT for about three and a half years until COVID hit. And I offered the board to stand down in the midst of that because of the impact financially that COVID had on the event fundraising industry as such. And I went consulting for a bit, not really knowing what I was going to do. And during that period of time, I was very fortunate to meet an amazing young man with a a vision for an inclusive health and fitness industry for people with a disability and had been on that WeFlex journey ever since. That's awesome. I also found out about WeFlex through... I think the person you're talking about is Tommy and I connected with Tommy over LinkedIn at one point and uh, we had a chat and I was just amazed at some of the work that you guys had already started on and this was probably just over a year or so ago and I loved some of the things that he spoke about in terms of how you were really creating this organization with people with disability rather than for and that's the sort of stuff we'd like to talk to you about today. This organization, what is it doing and how are you collaborating with people with lived experience and building this organization and these services together? So that's why I've got you on the show. That's awesome. I think the best way of, I suppose, starting is from the beginning about just a brief background of WeFlex and how it's come to be and what do we do. Tommy's father passed away at the age of 59, which is young, and he had autism. Back then, it was not really diagnosed. as more He was a weak kid growing up, and he was an amazing gaming genius, actually. And at his father's funeral, he saw his younger brother, Jackson, heading down the same path. Jackson also was on the spectrum as Asperger's, and he wasn't going to see his younger brother, you know, the guy that his best mate, and someone he loved passed away at the same age. So he decided the weeks after to take Jackson to his local gym, or gyms actually, plural, to find a PT that would work with Jackson to help him have a better health and fitness perspective on life. And no PT would touch Jack. And they saw the label, heard the label, and they thought they weren't really qualified. They thought they'd do the wrong thing, say the wrong thing. And Tommy really struggled to find anyone that would actually even contemplate working with Jackson. So out of love and out of frustration, although Tommy was going to the gym, had been going to the gym for many, many years. He wasn't a PT, decided to become a certified personal trainer to support Jackson on that journey. And that was about eight or nine years ago. And Jackson's now gone on to lose about 14 or 15 kilos. He is training twice a week at his local Anytime Fitness gym. He's uh, training every other day of the week, doing something at home or walking around his local streets. And he's such an amazing example of what can happen when you have a better perspective on what health and fitness can be. And that's a testament to him. But what Tommy realized is that for every Jackson in the world, there's not a Tommy. And the health and fitness industry is really limited. It's almost non-existent. The support that's there for a personal trainer to work with someone with different unique needs. So there's about 12,000 registered PTs at the moment with Active, the peak body. 
And of those, 75 say that they have the knowledge and skills to work with disability. So that's only 0.5% of the industry that have that self-assessed confidence to work with someone with disability. So there's a huge need, but there's a huge opportunity there as well. In saying that as well, the education's not there. So there's not one cert for personal training course in Australia that has an elective for disability at this point in time. You can find elderly or pregnancy or obesity or adolescent youth, but nothing around disability. So that's what the vision was, that WeFlex was going to become an education provider to the fitness industry to support them, to have the confidence to work with people with a disability. But we realized quite quickly that one of the biggest barriers to a personal trainer to train someone with a disability if they have NDIS funding is to be an NDIS registered provider. That was going to be a huge barrier to most PTs. About $3,000 of cost and 73 policies and procedures later, I can't see too many people putting up their hand doing that willingly. We realized that that's what WeFlex needed to be. It needed to be the conduit, the enabler between two sides of the marketplace, the person with a disability, their loved one, their carer, their support worker, and the health and fitness industry. But we needed to upskill the fitness industry to have the confidence to work with people with different unique needs and using NDIS as a way by which if you have a plan that you can use those funds to then support you and your health and fitness goals. And so that's how WeFlex has formed. We have only been in operation for just over 12 months now. Six months of that roughly we were in lockdown and we weren't able to actually train um, with clients, but we put a lot of the building blocks in place for the business to ensure that we were, were ready to go once lockdown ended. And that really happened late January, early February this year, 2022. And we are seeing an enormous growth and we are very, very excited by the partnerships we've formed you know, with big household names like Anytime Fitness, Australian Institute of Personal Trainers, PCYC, Northcott Disability Service, NDSP Plan Managers, Invictus Australia, We've even got really cool opportunities that present that are sort of a little bit left to centre as well. We're designing the first line of adaptive active wear with Claire and Pip, the founders of PE Nation. And we are working with Canva, talking about how we can actually support them by producing images of people with disability training, getting active, whether it's in a gym, in a park, at their home or a service provider, because it's a huge gap. And they want to talk about launching that as a partnership, a global partnership between WeFlex and Canva, which is super exciting. So where we are today is we've got clients training, we've got PTs on board, we're building a pipeline of both. We've got amazing partnerships to take us forward. But I suppose to your point, Dan, in relation to building the business with people with a disability as opposed to for people with a disability, it's been the mantra since day one. You know, we are not a charity. We don't see a person with a disability as a charity case. We see them as being a consumer of health and fitness products and services. And as such, they need to be managed or supported or thought of in the exact same way as any other consumer. And so we put the individual with a disability front and centre in everything we do. And we want to become the coolest fitness brand for a client or a person with a disability. We want to be their Nike equivalent. You know, we want to have this branding of WeFlex really be something they're proud of wearing because it stands for who they are. It empowers them. You know, NDIS is a deficit model. You're funded based on what you can't do. You know, so that's their life or the person with disability and their, their loved ones. For us, we see it as the opposite. WeFlex is a potential model. We want to see the potential in an individual and whether that's a 1% gain or whether that's representing Australia at the Paralympics, whatever that is for you, we want to be there for that individual and for their families and those around them. So we are very much about designing and creating a business with people with a disability, not for them. 
I love that. I love the fact that you've really positioned yourself and centered the whole organization around, well, what is it that people need and how can we understand what they need? And I think one of the things that I find coolest in all of that is that not only are you actually, you know, building people up and enabling them to feel like a successful part of the community, but you're also actually having it that ripple effect right throughout the community, like those photos on Canva. That's such a a fantastic partnership because the actual visuals that people get to see right across the community are going to show people working out and finding a way to be active and, you know, really sort of set up about promoting the things that we all want to see more of. Yeah, I mean, there's the, the saying, you know, which is you can't be what you can't see. And for a person with a disability, they've never seen themselves in that picture before. It's the stage that we're at as a business is is education. We're educating both sides of the marketplace. On one side, it's the person with a disability or those around them saying, hey, you belong in that landscape. You belong and deserve to be a part of better health and fitness outcomes, and you can. And WeFlex is here to make that happen. On the other side of the marketplace in the fitness industry is to say, hey, there's 4 million people, more than 4 million people in Australia with a disability who are a potential target consumer and there's a business case for inclusion that you can actually now market to as opposed to your traditional marketing that you may be targeting and have done for decades and you bring those two together. So it's an education and awareness and an engagement piece is where we're at. And you're right, you know, things like you know, partnerships with Canva or P Nation or others just helps to bring to light the fact that WeFlex now exists, there is now a solution to actually bring those two sides of the marketplace together. The marketplace sounds real commercial. You know, I don't really, you know, it's more than that. It's individuals that we're impacting. It's far more than a marketplace. But at this point in time, it's amazing already to see the impact that we're having. But the potential is enormous, you know, to actually see tens of thousands of people in Australia getting access to better health and fitness outcomes. And as you quite rightly pointed out, Tracy, it's not just about those fitness goals. It's about the social inclusion. It's about the fact that there's another place where these individuals go and they feel they belong. They feel included, you know, and, you know, emotionally and mentally, the benefit to the individual is as strong in that regard as it is around feeling healthier or fitter in any way. So we're hearing so many stories of people that are just glowing as a result of the impact that getting out and about in community is having for them. If you're loving what you're hearing on our podcast, you should join us for one of our live events where we cover how you can build a more innovative and impactful organisation. We also have our very popular Co-Design for Impact Masterclass where I'll teach you how to run your own co-design projects and how to set them up for success. Spots are limited, so grab your ticket to this and our other events at impactoconsulting.com.au slash events. I saw a video come up on my uh, LinkedIn feed on Friday. I think it was that you'd posted, David, which was, uh, I think it was Tommy actually working out with a young lady in the gym and getting her to do some bicep curls and do a flex and all this stuff. And they just look like they're having the best time. And it was a really awesome video. And I'm sure you get to see impacts like that all the time of changing that. And I'm sure posting that as well just changes people's perspective on that thing, like you said before. Like if there's no pictures, there's no stock images available or pictures online or anywhere that we see of people working out, we just think, well, that doesn't happen. Whereas this stuff that you're doing with sharing this media is starting to change the way that people think. 
Spot on, Dan. Absolutely. And, you know, that's Anna. She's amazing. She's been training with us during lockdown. So Tommy was providing her with virtual online training and she started to love it so much. She actually asked her sister to help her rearrange a bedroom to give her more space to actually do the workouts in a bedroom during lockdown. She lockdown then finished. She started working out at a gym with Tommy once a week and she's now become a member of Anytime Fitness at Wetherill Park in Sydney. And she's now going independently on her own as well as working out once a week with Tommy. But that video that you talked about in 48 hours has had 5,200 views because it resonates with people. You know, it actually is something that people go, this is super cool. But what we hear all the time is, I can't believe this doesn't already exist. I cannot believe that this isn't the norm. And when we see a person with a disability training in that context, whether it's at a gym or a local park, it's infectious. And the whole community wraps themselves around those individuals. And that's what I think I'd want as a member of any gym is to be able to see it to be truly inclusive, that when I turn up and I work out, whether it's you know, your cultural background, your gender, your ability, whatever it might be, you're training. You know, and you're training in the space with them as well. So, yeah, it's um, an example, one of the examples of, you know, the work we're doing at this point in time. So what does it look like at a practical level in terms of, you know, creating this organisation with people rather than for? Like what decisions does that mean that you needed to make as a as executive and with your team to make sure that that's the direction you're heading in? Look, it can be really simple and symbolic and it can be quite significant and in principle. So, you know, as an example, our business cards have Braille intentionally have a way by which that community, those that have low vision or are blind, actually have the ability to connect with us. And we've seen examples of that in that community. And it's we've had, you know, people in tears actually say, no one ever does this for us. Yeah, you know, so that's one example. But I think the one that's fundamental to what we do is co-design, which I know is obviously a big, big part of what you guys do and what you talk about and and where you consult. And for us, co-design in our modules that we build, our, our learning modules for the fitness industry, is paramount. So for every single module, we do it with and we design it with people with that lived experience. So if it's deaf and hard of hearing, we did that online in the midst of COVID and we had, I think it was eight people who are deaf or hard of hearing with two Auslan interpreters who are actually on the screen at the same point in time for about two hours asking them really basic questions about, do you go to the gym? If you do, what do you like? What don't you like? What do you want from a personal trainer? If you don't go to the gym, what stopped you? What's been the barriers? What would you like to see? What would you like from your personal trainer? So those principles of co-design then flow into clinical review, then flow into peak body sign-off. So our low vision and blind module, exact same process, then clinically reviewed by ophthalmologists and is now going to be signed off by Vision Australia. So for us, that co-design aspect is just uh, a non-negotiable within our business. It's it's in, it's in our DNA, whether it be our website, whether it be our business cards, whether it be our, our learning content, whether it be about the way that we interact with our members and our stakeholders, all of that is done with people with lived experience. As I said before, it's the only way it can be to design a fitness industry with people with a disability, not for them. They have to be a part of the conversation. They know best. Yeah, spot on. And and we talk a a lot about this with our clients is that it's great when organizations are running a project here and there. I think that's a bit of a like a maturity level around co-designing and collaborating. It's like, okay, let's do something with some people. But the organizations that are really kicking goals in this space and having a huge impact are those ones that, like you said, built it into their DNA. You know, it's, it's how the organization operates. It's a decision. It's a conscious decision the organization has made to to give up that power and to actually say, let's collaborate with people rather than let's sometimes ask people to put into what we're doing. You know, there's a big difference in execution between that, but it is a, a conscious decision. 
It's a conscious decision from the top down too, Dan. So it's one of the things that it shouldn't be just input at a particular level that just stays there. You know, co-design needs to be something that really you know, comes from the board and the CEO through the executive team all the way through. And I talk to businesses and partners that we've got around inclusion principles being the same thing. So disability inclusion. So if you're talking to Anytime Fitness is a great example. From the leadership, from the very senior, you know, Nicole Noy, who's the overseas collective wellness group, and Rob Hale, who's the, the general manager of Anytime Fitness, infusing that from the top all the way through. So our disability inclusion principles module is made available to the, all their staff, not just to their PTs, not just to their clubs, but the finance team, the marketing team, everybody in the organization to say, no, no, we believe in this. We therefore need to actually make sure that it's part of every level of the organization and a part of conversations that just are day-to-day. And the same thing around co-design. It's not, I, I think, one thing that you do once and you go, we've done a co-design session, therefore we are. No, you're not. You know, that was just a once-off. You know, and to get the full benefit of that principle, you have to embed it in your organisation. You've been doing this for, you know, it seems like, because when I spoke to Tommy pretty close, it's 12 months, I think, ago, he was saying that this is how the, he'd sort of started the journey with the organization doing this. So you've been doing this for some time. What sort of benefits have you seen from taking this type of approach? I mean, for people like us who are on board, it does seem like a no-brainer. But what are those tangible types of benefits that you see? Oh, look, I think one word sums it up, authenticity. We can authentically go to whoever we're talking to and say, we know this works and we know this is the right way because we have designed the whole business around those people that we're here to serve. And we can be authentic by that and stand behind that, no questions asked. And it's not just a couple of guys in their offices somewhere creating content thinking this is the right thing or creating a business assuming anything. You know, we're doing it in a way that it's genuine with integrity. And so the authenticity piece gives us, I suppose, social license. And gives us the ability for people to go, okay, well, we can trust in WeFlex because we know that they've consulted widely, they've collaborated, they've got input from those people that they are looking to provide services to and have fully understood that. And that, to me, I think is the greatest value for us has been the validation and the affirmation of WeFlex, our vision, our mission, and our business model but everyone keeps on saying it's just so real. It's so authentic for us. That gives credibility to what we're doing. Not that we think we need to go out and seek that credibility, but it's a byproduct of just the approach, the way we're going about it. And it's a nice byproduct. And I can imagine as well, talking to potential partners, like some of these big names in the fitness industry around wanting to work with you, I could imagine that probably makes setting up some of those partnerships a bit easier because you do have that credibility and do you find that they feel comfortable working with you because of sort of based off research and data rather than we hope this is going to work (laughs) absolutely it's very much that way but it also gives that authenticity to the disability sector too dan because you know for those that are entrusted in supporting their clients who have a disability they know that weflex is actually coming from clinical review it's coming from co-design processes than it's having peabody sign off and everything we're doing is actually supporting them to be confident that we are an organization that they could recommend to their clients so for us it's both in the fitness industry and the disability sector where it's critical that we do that so people have confidence in what we've built and what we're building and who we are as an organisation, that they can put their trust in us because we're going to do the right thing by their organisation or by the clients uh, or the members, depending on whether you're a fitness industry or disability sector. And what about in terms of like service delivery to your customers? Do you 
find that because you've taken this approach, is it easier to sort of bring people in and then the, the results that they're getting are really hitting the mark or what, what role does, I guess, that early co-design do in your actual service delivery? Well, I think it flows through to the confidence of the individuals that on board as trainers with us because they themselves have what a level of confidence they didn't have before to be able to engage with a person with intellectual or physical or sensory disability in a way that they had never been able to before. So automatically, I think their first session, their ongoing sessions are probably better because as a result, they've got a degree of understanding that they didn't have before. I think that's the first thing that comes to mind. I think in terms of the feedback we're getting is overwhelming from both the trainers as well as from the clients or those families. People are just really enjoying the connection and the results that are coming. And it's just momentum building momentum. It's self-fulfilling because it's just so impactful, whether you're the client or you're the trainer. And that video that you referred to before, that's just one example of many interactions that are happening on a weekly basis around the country at this point in time. There's a couple of great client examples that I could probably give you in relation to the impact that WeFlex is already having. One of it's uh, a a young man, uh, Robbie, who's in his 30s and uh, has severe disabilities and he has cerebral palsy and a number of other diagnoses and he's in a wheelchair and he's non-verbal and has, you know, very contorted muscles. Tommy's actually been working with him just to increase his range of motion. So he had about 6% range of motion in his right arm. And Tommy's actually been working with him just with a game to actually use use toilet paper rolls and actually get him to knock it off his wheelchair and just to get him to move his arm from left to right to actually then be able to knock it off and then gradually move it out, you know, which seems really simplistic. But let me tell you the benefit that's had twofold. The first one is that Robbie has never been able to shake anyone's hand because his, his hands are so contorted. So he's never been able to greet somebody in that traditional way. But now he can actually greet someone with a fist pump. And so he can actually get his arms out far enough now to fist pump, which his support workers in the home that he lives in, his his mum just thinks it's absolutely amazing. But we also heard a story last week that he actually went to an activity with one of his uh, mates from the same group home. And that mate actually happened to fall asleep during whatever they're doing. And jokingly, they said to Robbie, hey, Robbie, could you wake up Glenn for us? You know, hit him and wake him up. And he did. And they've never, ever seen him move his arm to the point that he could actually do that. And that's phenomenal. So for you and I, you know, when you think about improvements, that 2% range of motion from 6 to 8%, the life-changing impact that's had for Robbie. And the other one's another young man who's a teenager that's actually is still at school. And the teachers about three or four weeks after he started training with Leaflex actually said to his parents, what's changed with Anthony? What's different? Like he is attentive in class. His behaviour has improved. His engagement in the playground is such a different kid. What's going on? And they pinpointed it back to when he first started training with us and saying at that point in time, there was a direct correlation to the improvement he had at school to training with WeFlex. So they're just two examples you know, of what health and fitness can mean to someone with a disability. And it's those incremental improvements, those small things that are just improving the quality of life of the individual and in many cases, improves the longevity of their lives as well. Who wouldn't want that? I think that's the thing that lets you know that you're on the right path. You get that really positive feedback and it keeps on coming and you've got that continual demand and that demand grows faster almost than you can kind of keep up with it. That's usually the indicator that all of the insights around that lived experience and the contribution really has paid off because instead of trying to, I guess, sell an idea to people, what you've actually got is you've fulfilled a need. So anyone with that need just comes to you. The key, I suppose, is the education of the disability sector 
now and to, to those people to know that WeFlex exists and to actually for them to feel like they belong now and they actually have choice and they have an option that they've never had before. So it's actually, it's that piece which is the most important. So yes, there's the confidence in WeFlex that we know what we're doing because we're designing everything with people with a disability and it's all co-designed, but there's still that bridge that they need to actually take to actually go, yep, I get that to going, I'm going to give it a go. And that's the piece at the moment that we're working on that we need to. And that's obviously something that you just can't flick a switch and just change overnight because it's never been there before. That's something that obviously is something we're working really hard on and we're getting good traction on because it's that awareness of WeFlex that exists. And the podcast like this is a great way of getting that message out there, given there's 4 million people with a disability in Australia. So it's like one in five, you know, one in six, you know, have a disability. You and I would know somebody that potentially could benefit from WeFlex. So that's the key. And the same applies on the fitness side as well. It's been really interesting hearing more about WeFlex, David. If people are, you know, you've piqued their interest and they want to know more, they, you know, perhaps want to refer clients in your direction, what's the best way for someone to learn more about WeFlex or to get in contact with you and the team? Thanks, Tracy. I think the obvious one is our website. Our website has a lot of information on there, which is just weflex.com.au, and you'll find us there. But, you know, the ability to give us a call, you know, one three hundred weflex happy to have a chat or send us through an email, hello at weflex.com.au. But, you know, as importantly, follow our socials. You know, we're on all the major platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, even TikTok. So we're there and you can see a lot of the, the stories and a lot of the influence and the impact that we're having for our clients. But if you are a person with a disability or love one care, reach out and let us know. But as well, if you're a personal trainer, a gym owner, a yoga instructor, a dietitian, a Pilates instructor that want to work with people with disability, just don't know how, we're here to help you as well. So reach out. We're here to support anybody and everybody that's actually going to improve the quality of life of an individual with a disability. That's awesome. We'll put a a bunch of those links in our show notes. So it's really easy for people that are listening just to go through to the show notes and click straight through to your website and get access to your socials so they can learn more about what you're doing and also get in contact if they so wish to do so. Hey, David, thanks so much for uh, giving us some time out of your busy day. I like I said, I've been following the organization for at least the last 12 months, just constantly impressed with what you and the team are doing there. I love how genuine your commitment is to really building something with the people that you're there to support. And you know, can't wait to see what the next 12 months and beyond looks like for you and the organization and those people that you're helping. So great work. Thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Innovate for Impact podcast. Any links to what we spoke about today will be posted in the show notes. If you'd like to know more about social innovation, visit our website where we have a heap of tools to help you on your way. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au. Thanks for listening. Now go out there and make an impact.